How do you run an effective business? Could it use a little help? That's where this program comes in. Welcome to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. Your host is Phaedra's daughter, Precious Hanks Carter. Some organizations are running their business without the correct guidelines in place. They don't know, nor have they taken the time to get to know the correct way of running a business. Let Phaedra's wisdom help you right now. Thank you for tuning in. Let's talk business according to Phaedra. I'm your host, Precious Hanks Carter, and today we are going to be summarizing and finalizing our Business Essentials Part 3. In last week's episode, Business Essentials Part 2, I talked about setting up your human resource department. And because this is my field of expertise, I've taken a little bit longer than with the other departments, but I really feel that your human resource department is very essential in helping the rest of the business flow smoothly. So that's why I've taken the amount of time that I've taken to setting up your human resource department. So in the first segment, we're going to finish up setting up the human resource department and giving you little tidbits that you may need to determine what functions you would like to outsource as opposed to keep in-house. And remember in last week's episode, I have stated that I'm an advocate for keeping all human resource functions in-house. I just think it's better for the corporate culture that you want to establish And uh, that's just my take on it. I don't want to talk too much about that because I'm actually a uh, doctorate student and that is my dissertation is uh, in-house versus outsourcing the human resource functions. So where I left off at for our human resource department is develop training programs and performance management methods. I believe I touched briefly on performance performance management methods. And so I want to start out with talking about developing training programs for your employees, as well as finishing the performance management methods. I really feel that if you are in this business to grow, and I think most entrepreneurs don't want to just see their company at one level, they do want their company to grow, then you, the only way to ensure growth is through your employees and what better way than to make sure that your employees are trained in their current positions, as well as any positions that they will be promoted to. So it is always great for to, tr- to make training your employees a top priority. And I'm not just talking about the initial training, because we all know that when, regardless of how long you've been doing your job, when you walk into a new position at a new company, you're going to be trained because you need to learn how to do your job the way that business requires you to do it. But I'm also talking about training that refreshes employees, such as uh, OSHA training. I always think that that is great. Uh, I know some accountants they're always having to take, if they're tax accountants, they're always having to take tax training, uh, take courses, continuing education courses. And so if you have pos- employees in the position to where they need continuing education courses, I think it's great for you to work with them with some type of tuition reimbursement for continuing education courses, because 
as they continue to learn and grow in their knowledge, they're going to be more productive in the positions that they're in within your company. So it's, it's a great benefit. Whether you are providing the training yourself, because I do think that there's certain trainings that employers can provide themselves, and then there's certain ones that they need to send their employees out. I always think it's a great idea because I did talk about tuition reimbursement. That's And that's not, when we're talking about tuition reimbursement, a lot of people automatically go to the university and, and college aspect of when they're pursuing their degree. And I do think that that's a great idea. And, and I'm not talking about for those that are just starting out, but those that have been in business for a while and you do have uh, some net profits to play with, I do think that it's a great idea to offer tuition reimbursement. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners that I speak with, they're hesitant to offer tuition reimbursement because they feel like the employee is just going to use their company to obtain their degree and then leave. And there are certain parameters that you can set up to ensure that your company reaps the benefits of that person going back to get their education. And whether that is putting a stipulation in the tuition reimbursement program as that the employee needs to remain employed with the company for X amount of years after obtaining their degree. And so that that's one that's one aspect that you can put in your policy. But you definitely need to show employees that you're all about their growth and development because a lot of time being being in HR and doing and conducting interviews, I hear all the time when I ask, why are you looking to leave your current employer? The first response is a better job opportunity. I feel like there's no room for growth. And when people feel like there's no room for growth and they've hit a ceiling, they and they're not willing to be complacent or content, they start to become unhappy and and look elsewhere. So if you're a company that that promotes growth and development, I think that's a great way to attract the talent that you desire. I also feel very compassionate about providing the appropriate feedback for employees to improve. And I I always think that there's a soft way to bring about this issue to employees. It doesn't always have to be negative. You don't always have to, to set up a performance improvement plan. We call them PIPs uh, when you're reprimanding an employee. I think it's always great when you do these annual evaluations that that people are not fearful about going into these annual evaluations because it's about it's another method for performance management. And I really feel like when you come to the table, letting people know that you care about their career and the track that they're on and that you want to be a part of their road to success, that softens it and that makes them receptive to receive constructive criticism. And I always start out with saying, hey, we all have room to improve. Just like you never stop learning. You should be learning something each day that you're alive here on earth. And I feel the same way. There's always room for improvement. Improvement creates opportunities to grow. And we should all never stop desiring to grow at any level in life. 
And the only way to grow is to improve on our current skills and qualifications. And so you might not be in a position just yet to provide training or even pay for your employees to receive training outside of the workplace. But I definitely do think that while you might not be in that position just yet, you need to make that a top priority and include that in your strategic business plan, especially your HR plan. And it's just, you're, you're never going to start out on the top, but that as you as a business owner should say, hey, in three years, we would like to be able to pay for our employees to take outside training. For instance, we had an employee that reviewed documents. Documents just came across her desk all the time. It was, it was written in her job description. And so she asked, hey, can I take a proofreading and editing class? And I thought, oh, okay, that, that'll be great. And so we went out and we found a proofreading and editing class. While, while we don't offer that training, we were able to successfully find a training, a national training seminar company that was able to provide her with that. It was an eight-hour course and we paid for it and, and it enhanced her skills in the position. It was, she, we thought that her position was only going to require this much and it required more than what we originally thought. And she was up for the challenge, but she wanted to make sure that she was doing her job to the best of her ability and not missing much. So we were able to successfully enroll her in that and show her that, Hey, we're going to provide you with the right resources and tools for you to flourish in your job. And so that's what I mean by, by things like that. So next I want to talk about, the human resource information systems. I know a lot of people want to just bundle everything all up, but there's going to be some stages, especially at the beginning stage, the startup stage and the infancy stage where you're not going to be able to bundle everything up. But information resource, human resource information systems are a great way to go because they, they're a one-stop shop when it comes to human resources and keeping everything in one area, you can track your employee time. You can, you can use it to recruit new employees. You can manage paychecks and benefits. You can also automate administrative tasks, track compliance, keep records. There's so much more with human resource information systems. Now, when you do decide to go the human resource information system route, it is a little bit more costly because it has all the functions that you need, but you're going to probably spend the extra cash to purchase everything in that one-stop shop bundle. So what I encourage business owners to do is to evaluate the size of your company, your payroll needs, the industry that you're in, and budget to determine what tools you really need. Startups have limited resources and need to focus on the essentials. And while human resource information systems are great in organization and they're actually a benefit to HR professionals, sometimes it's it's not it's not beneficial on the budget. So I just would tell anybody cuz I've I've had 
entrepreneurs come to me all the time and say, well, what do you think about a human resource information system? And they're in the startup phase. So I just tell people to do your research. Everybody is working with different funding. And if you're able to, great. But if not, there's ways to, to still maximize all of that as well. There's other software out there outside of a human resource information system that can compile certain tasks and responsibilities into one area. Next, I want to talk about the A word, the dreaded A word that most of us do not like to hear in our personal lives or our business lives, and that is audit. And so it, you talk about audit and people just cringe up. And I, I tell people auditing is not necessarily a bad thing. Now, granted, my undergrad was in accounting, uh, so I was surrounded by that the first couple of years of my career, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. Even in human resources, once I moved over to the human resource department, I don't really consider audits a bad thing. We conduct desk, desk audits all the time in our positions. We revisit it every couple of years just to make sure that the job description we have matches that position. And if we feel that that person is working outside of their scope of work, we either move them to a different job category or we split that position and create another position. So in human resources, you know, we do desk audits all the time. And I encourage business owners that have been in business for a while to perform desk audits. It's tedious, but it allows you to sometimes restructure and get refocused. And also it's beneficial to the employees that are in those, in those current situations. It's either going to take a load off of them or it's going to elevate them to the next level. There's also other audits that you need to prepare for. And that's, it could be 401k audits. It, it could be IRS audits. But you, as a business owner, need to hope for the best, but also prepare for what you believe to be the worst. And as I stated before, that's what I'm saying, what you believe to be the worst, because audit don't necessarily have to be the worst. But if you're prepared, that makes it that much more easier. You should establish areas to review in your business and consistently check for compliance. And the first place I tell everybody to start out with is policy information. If anybody has ever been through an audit, business-wise, and if you haven't, I'm here to tell you, the first thing they're going to ask you is about your policies. They ask you about your, your policies and procedures. They ask you about your security measures. And so you need to just go ahead and have that ready and available. Can't be something that is in your mind and everybody just knows how to do. You have to have it written down. And your policies should be written down in a way that anybody that is not qualified can come in and, and know exactly the steps to follow. In, in, at our, in our department, we provide screenshots. <laughs> we provide screenshots. We, we provide a summary of what, the, what we want you to do in that particular step. But then we also provide screenshots so that there's no room for error in not understanding what it is that you need to be doing and what screen you need to be in and what drop down you need to click on. So yes, your policy information in HR 
should you should be updated with your recruitment procedures. You need to be updated with orientation and training, clearly company policies, especially benefits. Benefits that are offered, especially fringe benefits and voluntary benefits, communication needs to be mapped out, clear and concise. Payroll policies, and I always encourage people when you start having when you start deducting from people's pay, voluntary deductions, such as insurance premiums, um, 401k deductions, all of that needs to be signed by the employee. And what I mean by that is they need to fill out, we have what is called a payroll deduction authorization. And it just, it's a pretty simple, maybe two paragraph page that states, I, the employee, agree to allow Hanks, Hanks and Associates to deduct the following voluntary deductions um, from my paycheck. And it lists the deductions that they, that they check off. It'll say medical insurance, dental insurance, vision insurance, AFLAC, and I think uh, 401k. And they check off whichever ones that they have signed up for. And then they sign it and they date it. And so that way, there's no room for fraudulent activity. There's no room for someone saying that they didn't know that this was going to be deducted. They signed off on it. You have it. You put it in their employee file. Uh, Salary structure. You need to have policy information on, on how you determine salary. Employee relations. And then also you need to be prepared for document audits. Your, your safety plans. If you're, if you're in an industry where, where your employees have to have OSHA training or, or anything to that nature, you need to uh, be sure that you have the safety plan and policies updated regular and handed out to employees and signed by employees and stuck in their personnel files. Personnel files. I actually teach a seminar or have in the past taught seminars on personnel files because there are certain things that go in personnel files and there's certain things that need to be separate. A lot of people are under the assumption that that all they have to do is just get a filing cabinet and have the have the certain employees information put into their folder. And then that is that. No, there's certain things that can go in the folder. There's certain things that that need to be separated from the folder. And so you need to be updated on all of that to make sure that you're in compliance with that. Also, posters. I know workers' comp posters have to be posted up in your, your break room and stuff like that. You need to know that information. You also need to have documentation regarding your performance evaluations, how often you do your performance evaluations. When you're reprimanding an employee, what's the procedures? Do you do a verbal warning, a written warning, and then termination? Like you have to set that up as well. And then of course, your organizational strategy. Those are things that you need to revisit and make sure that they're easily accessible for when and if you're audited. And so that right there is all that I have for starting your HR department. And so I know it's a lot and I know that you're probably thinking, yes, I'm definitely going to outsource it. There are certain things that you as a business owner can do. Like I said, just assess where you're at 
and what your needs are. And there's certain functions that you can do yourself. There's also other functions that you can hire your office manager to do and create a hybrid position between HR functions and accounting functions, because that's pretty much what an office manager does anyways, is they serve, there's that's a hybrid position between accounting functions, administrative functions, and HR functions. And so you can do that until you get to the point where you need to hire an HR professional. But once you grow to a certain level, you need to hire an HR professional and get them acclimated with your business structure, your business acumen, your vision, your mission, and your forecasting. Because HR is the bridge between upper management and the employees that are out there really hustling and bustling to be the backbone of your company. So now that I'm off my HR soapbox, let's move on to information technology needs. And so this is also a department that I feel is overlooked often. And I just, I don't think it's intentional. I just think that businesses aren't aware of how critical the IT department is, or they're they're under this false perception that you only need an IT department if you're a large company. No, everybody needs an IT department. And the IT needs for a small business aren't that different from those of a large organization. But in reality, most small businesses cannot afford to hire an entire IT team. Information technology is such an integral part of a modern day business, and you can't just treat it as a standalone department. I know most business owners dealing with IT find it difficult because they don't know where to begin. They feel like it's just a big blob of incomprehensible and unending firefighting, but you need to know that IT is much easier when you take it one item at a time. First, you need to realize what comprises of your information technology. And it is, it's, it is pretty much, I know I'm saying this about every department, but it is, it is the, if, if you're, regardless of what business you're in, your IT department is also an intricate foundation to your business because your IT department is all of your equipment. I'm talking about your, the obvious computers, laptops, phones, printers, fax machines, scanners, and hopefully you have a four-in-one where you have a copy, scanner, fax machine, and printer all in one. But here's where a lot of people go wrong, especially startup business owners. They go out and purchase their IT equipment for their business the same as they would for their, their home. And that is where you go wrong. That's completely where you go wrong. Or, and, and it's okay to seek out a mentor for this. This is where your networking really kicks in. You need to go to whatever organizations in your industry that you're trying to network with 
and and ask questions there. You can go to the to if you belong to a small business organization, go there. And when you're networking, ask about if there's anybody in IT that can assist with helping you set up your IT department, because it is definitely something that you need to pay a lot of attention to. And so when you do that, you have to, there's a lot of steps involved. You have to consider your infrastructure. Small businesses need to ensure that all their devices are compatible with one another. And they also have to prioritize. You have to prioritize how you're going to set up your IT department. Are you going to have a server room? Are you, are you that type of business that needs a server room? Are you going to have workstations set up? Are you going to have your printers and scanners in the conference room? It's, it's a lot. And so you have to prioritize and first come up with how your infrastructure and your setup is going to be before you can even begin effectively going out there purchasing all of the equipment and things that you may need. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tax laws are constantly changing. How can you keep up? Tune in to the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. By working together year-round, we'll help you implement proactive tax strategies to ensure you are paying the least amount of tax possible and work to increase your business cash flow. We'll help you file your business and individual tax returns accurately, safely, and properly the first time. Listen every Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time to future-proof your business. Join host Bonnie D. Graham for the Kinetic Enterprise, Built to Evolve, presented by Deloitte. SAP Solutions help you transform your business, and we'll start by going in-depth with topics and guests built around the four pillars of the Kinetic Enterprise, clean, intelligent, inclusive, and responsive. Move in to the next level with the Kinetic Enterprise, presented by Deloitte, live every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more, not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Partner Up with Amy Carroll focuses on getting more of what you want and need more easily with less difficulty. While this applies to business, it can be used for just about everything, from relationships to leadership. You'll hear stories and tips to uplevel your communication and mindset, to gain confidence and inspire action by making your partner look good, conflicts dissolve and results improve. 
Partner Up with Amy Carroll is heard every Friday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Central European Time on Voice America Business. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. To reach the program today with a comment or question, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email by clicking the email host button on the Voice America show page. Now, back to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. Here again is Precious Hanks Carter. Welcome back to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. I'm your host, Precious Carter. And before the break, I had introduced setting up your IT department. And so I had discussed about your infrastructure and prioritizing how your setup is going to be before you start purchasing equipment for your particular location and business. And I also talked about things to consider when you're realizing what you need for your IT department. And that's everything. I said it was everything from all of the equipment that you need, cell phones, dispatch equipment. It just depends on what industry you're in, on how much time that you should be focusing on your IT department. Clearly, a transportation business is going to have more focus on their IT department because they're going to, everybody's working remotely on the road. They're going to need to make sure that they have their, everyone has their cell phones, has apps downloaded to their cell phones, has the correct login information to be effective in communicating. And that leads me into the next portion of discussing software, software licenses, apps. You need to, whatever industry that you're in, you need to realize that that is a part of your IT as well. Uh, You need to understand that whether it's your Microsoft Office subscription, subscriptions, everything, and you need to stay on top of your subscriptions, domain names, all of that, because imagine forgetting to renew your domain name. Imagine forgetting to renew your Microsoft Office subscription or any other software. So stay on top of that, have a checklist and and ensure that you're purchasing what you need. Don't go out there and purchase Adobe publishing software and you don't even need that because you're not doing flyers or, or any other publication. Make sure that you customize your software needs to suit your business. Be sure that before your employees start, that every system that they need to get into is downloaded onto their computers and they're installed as a user. There's nothing more tedious than to know that I need to log into Prism and I don't have a Prism login. And so 
you know what what needs to be done. So be sure that 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 is done. And IT can be outsourced. And sometimes, you know, as I stated at the beginning, you might not have enough money to hire a whole IT department. But there's a lot of IT people that do stuff part-time, that contract their work out part-time. And sometimes you might have to be the initial IT person when it comes to simple as downloading software and, and apps onto your employees' um, equipment, office equipment, and, and that's a responsibility that can be shared with the office manager. But it's something that you need to, these are items and tasks and responsibilities that you need to think about now so that when an employee's new, when their, their new hire orientation comes for their first day, you're not scrambling like, oh, well, we need to get you a laptop or we need to get you this software. We need to get you that software. Everything is already on there because you have that structure and system set into place. Also, a lot of times, as I, you heard me talk before the break, I was talking about whether you needed a server room, things like that. You also have to consider that the cloud offers an excellent solution for businesses, allowing them to scale their infrastructure and keep pace with their growing business. It's affordable, it's fast, it's flexible, but it's not always the the best solution. It's a quick fix solution, but it might not always be the best solution. You have to consider, does the cloud service meet data privacy and compliance requirements? Is your use of cloud in line with external legislations? What level of service can the cloud provide your business? So you have to consider things like that. Who is responsible for software upgrade when it comes to the cloud and who has access to the data in the cloud. And so once you go through and and you're doing this part of your IT checklist, if the cloud is what works best for your business, then great. If it's not going to keep your business in compliant, then you have to go a different route. Next, I want to talk about cybersecurity when you're setting up your IT department, because I think we we get into the habit of, okay, we're just going to download our McAfee software and whatever other firewall software we have, and that will work. And that's not always the case. I know speaking from experience, we have a lot of sensitive information that floats back from us and our bank. And so we have to have secure and encrypted mail. So that's another software that you're going to have to look into adding on to your current business practice, finding the right secure and encrypted mail to add on to your email. That way that you're being cautious and protective of your employees' personal information or what other business sensitive information that you don't want hackers, we don't want hackers having access to anything, but it's just another measure that we can ensure that we are practicing good cybersecurity. Because here's an interesting fact, 
43% of all cyber attacks are targeted at small businesses. Why? Because of the obvious, small businesses don't have the extensive amount of resources as Fortune 500 companies to invest in top-of-the-line cybersecurity. Or sometimes they're not thinking about that at all. But this needs to be a top priority on your list. And I know you're thinking everything, Precious, that you're saying, you're saying needs to be a top priority on your list. And what I'm basically getting at is you can't just be in the mindset of I'm starting a business and I'm just going to go for it. It's what I said in my first broadcast is that can anyone be a business owner? Sure. Should anyone be a business owner? Absolutely not. You have to have the mentality and you have to be built. You have to be built for this. And so if you're not, it's going to make for an interesting long road. But if you are, then you take all of these things into consideration and you realize everything is a top priority and pretty much not one thing is more important than the other. Everything is important and you devote all of your time and attention to this at the foundation so that things run smooth as you grow. And if you're already at a different phase of of your business, then you go back and you restructure this so that you can take off even more. Some other IT security checklist items to consider when it comes to cybersecurity is password best practices. Having a system that consistently asks your employees to change their password at a certain date that they haven't been with you five years and they're still using the same password. Limit system access using identity and access management having permissions, passwords, and other safety and security and administrative rules readily and available in your policies and procedures. Being able to effectively monitor share files, shared folders, and and other systems and applications, and reducing and, and granting access rights to that data. Obviously, having secure Wi-Fi network and devices, using external USB and hard drives, and a policy set in place for cleaning infected machines. Clearly using legitimate software, acceptable use policy, that definitely needs to be something in your employee handbook, not just an email uh, policy but also an IT policy needs to be in your employee handbook. Then also IT security training. That's one of those things that we talked about with your HR department, setting up your, your train, your employees training. That should be something IT security training, training and workshops. And I know people kind of think, Oh my gosh, it's the same information, but it's good. It's good to be refreshed on that. And it also protects you as the business owner. Should anything escalate and happen, you can say to the employee, Hey, you took this training as of such and such date and you signed off that you understood and you were aware of our IT security policies and procedures. Now here's where I want to finish up with 
setting up your IT and security, your IT department. How do we use this information going forward? You plan, you build, you operate, and you monitor your IT operations. How do I do that? Well, let's start with planning. Planning starts with how you will invest in your technology needs for not just the present, but the future as well. And if you haven't gathered anything else that I've said in the time that I've spent in Ebert, it's not planning just for the now, but forecasting for the future. So in regards to that principle in your IT department, have a clear understanding of what IT does for your business. Tie all of your activities to your ultimate business goal. And of course, be sure that when you're creating your budget for the next year, that IT is in that, has, has a line item in your budget. Next, build. Create standard practices for purchasing and installing infrastructures. You need to plan your infrastructure for the future needs of your business. What is required? What do you need? What, what IT systems, what IT licenses and agreements, apps, software do you need for your business right now? And then as you grow and expand, what will you need then? Operate. Regularly audit your IT infrastructure. It's best for you to perform your own audits and get ahead of that than to have somebody come in and audit you. And don't get me wrong, having other people come in and audit you is definitely helpful because it gives you a different perspective. It gives you a non-biased opinion and they offer great suggestions that you probably wouldn't have seen because you're too close to the situation. But what I mean by this is regularly revisit the policies for your IT operations, and more importantly, for your cybersecurity. Lastly, monitor. Keep pace with innovation and changes in technology. And the perfect example I have is for human resources. Before, maybe like two decades ago, when, you're, when you were talking about internet usage, you were just talking about browsing and surfing the internet and and making sure that the employee knew that company email company email addresses belong to the company and that there shouldn't be any inappropriate content so that was two decades ago i would hope that anybody that's been in business that long has revisited and updated their policies and procedures when it comes to IT to keep pace with the innovation and changes in technology. Because guess what we have now? We have all kinds of social media. Social media really wasn't around and flourishing two decades ago, but it is now. So now you have to have a social media policy and procedure. So that to me is the perfect example of keeping pace with innovation and changes in technology. And that also goes with know what technology you need now and what you'll need in the future. And then because technology is always evolving and, and there's always new innovation, have an open mind 
of, okay, well, while I didn't forecast for this, you didn't forecast for it because that what you didn't have that knowledge then that wasn't around then, but it's around now. So readjust your forecast and budgeting. So I hope that you gathered a lot from the IT department. Now I'm going to move on to business development. And with business development, what I have to say about that is it is very, very, very important because business development determines where your business goes from here. But before you start your business development department, it's vital for you to define your goals for your new operation. You have to plot out the main task you need to do to meet your target and then figure out how you're going to hit that target. Once you've gone through that process, you next need to define the business development role. And here's why. Because business development involves high-level decision-making. And oftentimes, business development for startup companies clearly falls under the tasks and responsibilities of the business owner and founder. You have to figure out, though, if you're in a better position, who will be taking on the business development role in your company. You can hire someone new to the company that fits the skill set you need, or you can consider moving someone from another department into this one. And I have seen various businesses in multiple industries, and I, I am one that says, hey, it is great to promote from within. But with this particular position, business development, I actually think it's great when you get someone fresh and new outside of the company to come in because a lot of times business development gets stagnant. And when business development gets stagnant, that causes your company to have reached a plateau. So while I am all for promoting from within, this is a position that you won't get any complaints from me. If you go out and hire someone else When you're a small business, it doesn't need to be full-time, but I will say it is not a job that you can devote only eight hours out of a full work week. I do think that it is more than just a task or a line item on someone's job description. I do think that it is a job all by itself. While you may be able to split It between employees, it is definitely something that one person should be focused on just business development. You as the business owner need to focus on the kinds of skills and knowledge needed to achieve the goals that you have set for your company. You also have to consider the target market and what you need to do to reach them. You also need to understand with business development, it's all about partnerships. It's all about networking. And the only way to do that is to get out there 
and be in front of people. The business developer, whoever they are, should remain informed about a multitude of things within the business, such as the current state of the business in terms of strength, weakness, opportunities, and threats for SWOT analysis. The current state of the overall industry and growth projections, competitor developments, primary sources of revenue of the current business and dependencies. They need to be aware of the, com- the customer profile new and unexplored market opportunities, new domains and products eligible for business expansion. They also need to be informed of the long-term view, especially with regards to the initiatives being proposed. And lastly, they should be informed about the cost areas and the possible options for cost savings. At the end of the day, It is safe to say, and I'm confident to say, that a good business developer reaches every department of the business. I want you to consider the right fit for business development. That's the one way to be successful. We've already talked about The business development responsibilities could fall on a business owner or on the designated employee. But the one thing that we know for sure is that business development adds value to the business and this person should be able to contribute towards brainstorming innovative ideas, thoughts, systems, policies, everything. But in order to do that, the person must understand what drives business development activity. And here's the interesting thing. While I pose that question, we have to also understand that there are no standard practices and principles for business development. It's all about exploring new opportunities and being sure that your company is consistently being introduced. Those involved in business development need to be able to come up with creative ideas and and new ways of doing things. And it can't be unfeasible or unrealistic, but they need to be flexible. They should try to seek out and take constructive criticism. And remember that business development is a process. And there's no such thing as failure in business development. If you've hit, if you've tripped over a stumbling block or you've hit a roadblock, that's not failure. That's just not the way that you're going to be able to grow your business. So find another way. Business development must be ethical because it involves implementing appropriate and fair practices. Need to make sure that when you're dealing with going after 
new contracts, if, if that's the nature of your business, that you're not getting inside information. But remain ethical. People must understand the difference between networking and cultivating relationships from bribery and insider training. I know you're wondering, why is new business development important? It's important because it generates jobs. It's key for growing the industry and keeping the economy moving forward. Business development, that executive needs to have leadership skills, needs to have vision, needs to be driven and a willingness to work with a variety of people to get to the common goal. And the common goal is growth. Sometimes this could be a team environment. You can put together a good team to help predict the success of business development. Bottom line is business development may be difficult but it can be easily understood using a working concept. I want to close with giving you a few tidbits on the process for developing your strategic plan. You've got to ask yourself a few questions. So I'm going to pose some questions in closing for you to think about. What type of culture will support your productivity? What systems and processes do you need? How are you going to make sure people's skills match your needs? And what are the risks associated with your future? What are your strengths? What are your business's weaknesses? Are there legislative requirements that you need to consider? What HR issues may prevent you from getting to the future? How are you doing against the benchmarks that you've already set? And lastly, I want you to understand the life cycle that you're in, whether you're a startup stage, the growth stage, the maturity stage, or even at the decline stage. If that is the case, if you're at the decline stage, just know that you only have to go up from there. You need to formulate gap strategies. Work on your job design, selection and staffing process, your performance management, compensation rewards, how you're going to attract people to your company, training development, safety and health, most importantly, workforce diversity. People want to go to a corporation that is diverse. Lastly, I want you to consider what are your top priorities? Where can you experience rapid progress? And after you've come up with this strategic plan, how do these strategies work within budget? And what degree of change is needed? I hope you've enjoyed this series 
on business essentials because I've definitely enjoyed discussing it. Thank you for tuning in to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. Your host, Precious Hanks Carter, will be back next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. That's noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel as we feature another edition of the program. We'll talk business success again soon.